Welcome back to Office Hours, the weekly show of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we answer one question submitted by you to help make style easier and getting dressed more fun. Today's question was submitted by Amy A., who wrote, Hi, Jennifer. I love your podcast, and I'm learning so much about style and clothing. I'm slowly pushing myself out of my comfort zone and trying new things, and I love the pleated skirts I'm seeing everyone wearing. I'm a rectangle with no waist at all, and my torso is very boxy. Can I wear a pleated skirt? First of all, Amy, thank you for your kind words, and I am thrilled to hear that you're trying new things. Next, you ask if you can wear a pleated skirt. I want everyone who's listening to really hear my answer to your question. The answer to any, and I mean any, can I wear a fill-in-the-blank, is yes. Always yes. If you can put it on your body, you can wear it. What you and the hundreds of other women who have asked me a can I wear it question over the last two decades are really wondering is... Will I like the way I look in a pleated skirt or skinny jeans or over-the-knee boots or whatever it is? That question I can't answer for you. There are women who are absolute slaves to the rules of conventional flattery, and there are women who couldn't care less what a rectangle should or shouldn't wear. They just wear what they like. I don't know where you fall on that scale, so it's an absolutely impossible question for me to answer. And here's the other thing. Again, important for every wonder, every woman who wonders, can I wear this to hear and understand? Nothing exists in a vacuum. How you wear something and what you wear it with and what the piece looks like all make a huge difference. Not to mention all pleats are not created equal. For example, are we talking about a pleated mini skirt or are we talking about a pleated maxi skirt or a midi skirt? Are you wearing it with an oversized sweater or are you wearing it with a fitted tee and a jacket? Are you wearing flats or heels? What's the fabric? How does it drape? What color is it? These things all matter and it's why you have to understand the principles of dressing your unique body and pay attention to what you feel best in. I know I hate the way I look in long skirts. So if I wanted to wear a pleated skirt, I'm going to do better in one that's above the knee. I'm starting from a silhouette I already know that I like. I know that my top half is bigger than my bottom half, so I'm better off going with a darker basic top and having more fun with print color or texture on the bottom. Knowing what you like on yourself in general will make trying anything on so much easier because you'll understand where to start and how to be successful. However, I'm guessing you did not write in so you could get a philosophical answer. You want to know if those pleated middies are right for you. I can't tell you if you can wear them. That's for you to decide. But I will tell you how to make pleats work for you, or at least how to know where to start. Let's dig in. First, let's talk about types of pleats and some terms you'll see if you're online shopping. Last October, I was in Atlanta for the She Podcast Live conference. And when you meet someone, you tell them a little bit about your show, they tell you a little bit about theirs. The first thing every woman said to me was, oh, I need that. And then a lot of women wondered, well, how do you do that show? Don't you need pictures like a blog? And honestly, I hadn't really considered it. I just talk about things and I put links in the show notes and I think we do okay. This is the first episode where I thought, yeah, this is really a visual kind of thing, but I will do the best I can and put lots of links and pictures into the show notes and you are smart people. So it will all work out. So what is a pleat? According to dictionary.com, a pleat is an intentional fold of definite, 
even width made by doubling cloth upon itself and pressing or stitching it in place. I mean, come on, you know what a pleat is. But what you may not know is the difference between different kinds of pleats and how to wear pleats in a traditionally flattering way. And again, you do not have to wear things in a traditionally flattering way. You can wear whatever you like. If you like the way it looks on you, if you like the outfit, go for it. But let's talk about a few of the more common pleats that you will see. Again, there are photos in the show notes. The most common pleat is the knife pleat. Do you remember making paper fans when you were a kid where you just fold a piece of paper back and forth, back and forth, creating a symmetrical zigzag pattern? That's exactly what we're talking about. To demonstrate this one, if you are not driving and you're not in a place where people will look at you like you're crazy, I want you to hold one hand up, palm facing out. And as you move your arm slowly from left to right, turn your palm facing you and then out again, facing you and then out again, kind of like a very slow beauty queen wave. That's what a knife pleat is. All the folds go the same direction and they're stitched down or pressed down at the top. In a skirt, the pleats either start right at the waistband or they can be stitched down further so that the opening of the pleat starts lower. This creates a wide flat yoke of the skirt. A version of a knife pleat is an accordion pleat, which is a mini knife pleat. Each fold is a half inch or less. This is what you're seeing on all the pleated minis that are out there right now. Usually accordion pleats are just stitched down at the waistband, which is a really important factoid that I want you to save for later. Sometimes online you will see things referred to as fan pleats or sunburst pleats. These are just accordion pleats that start narrow at the top and get wider at the bottom, creating more fullness at the hem. Knife pleats and all their variations are pretty easy to describe. The other common type of pleat is a box pleat, which is definitely harder to visualize, but bear with me and again, visit the show notes for pictures. Unlike knife pleats that take just one fold to create, box pleats require two folds. They're basically a set of knife pleats that face in opposite directions to create fullness. In a traditional box pleat, the folds of the fabric face away from each other and the volume is in the front of the folds. If you're not driving again and you won't look like a wackadoo, I want you to hold both hands out in front of you, palms out, thumbs pressed together. Now move your hands apart a few inches and then flip them so your palms are facing towards you and bring them back together so your pinky fingers touch. Now do that again, imagining your hands are the fabric of a skirt. Do you see that when you flip your hands over, you're kind of creating a fold in the fabric, but the extra fabric is in the front of the folds? That is a box pleat. In an inverted box pleat, folds face each other and the volume is behind the folds. In this one, start with your palms together facing you, pinky fingers touching. Then move them apart a few inches, flip your palms to face away from you, and bring your thumbs together. The extra volume is inside the fold. These are the pleats that you see on those high-waisted full skirts that were super popular just a couple of years ago, or usually on uniform skirts. Again, in skirts, box pleats can either start right at the waist or start lower around the hip. If you still can't picture any of these, again, just head to the show notes for examples. But now that we've covered the most common types of pleats, let's talk about how to wear them. One thing to remember is that the purpose of pleats is to create controlled volume in a garment. So do pleats add volume? Always yes. Does that mean a certain size or shape should avoid them? Not necessarily. Not all pleats are created equal. The type of pleat, where they're placed along with lots of other factors, 
need to be considered. Don't rule them out altogether. When finding the pleats that are right for you, remember that pleats add volume where they start. So let's say you're an hourglass shape and you find a box pleat skirt with pleats that start right at the waist. Yes, it's definitely going to add volume, but that might be okay because your waist is proportionally smaller. Now let's say you're an apple and you love that same box pleat skirt with the pleats that start right at the waist. Adding more volume at the waist probably isn't your goal. However, let's say you're an apple who finds a skirt with a wide flat yoke and pleats that start at the hip. An apple's hips could use a little extra volume and the flat waistband of the skirt can create kind of a smoothing effect through the midsection. This could be an absolute winner. Now, let's say that a pear comes along and finds that skirt whose pleats start right at the hip. Probably not her best look, but if the pleats start just above the hip, the volume of the pleats often hide the fullness of the hips, which is why my pairs have always had closets full of full pleated skirts. But it's where the pleat starts that determines if they're flattering or not. The size of the pleat matters too, especially in box pleats. The bigger the folds of fabric, the more volume they add. Finally, play with the styling. Try your tops tucked and untucked. Try more fitted pieces and pieces with a little bit more flow. Change the length of the top. Swap the shoes. Try a boot. Try a flat. Try a heel. These are all things that are going to make any piece you try look different. For a lot of women, the first time you try something new, it's not an immediate slam dunk. But if you want to wear pleats or anything really, take the time to figure out how to make it work for you. Now, you might listen to this episode and think, forget it, too hard. It's too much work to look for pleats that are the right shape and size and start at the right place and switch up my other pieces to make the whole outfit come together. And you know what? That is totally fine. That's a valid answer. I often say to my clients, you're working too hard for this piece. But this is how you go from, can I wear this, to how do I make this work for me? This is how you go from taking a hundred things into a fitting room and being frustrated by them all to just looking at things on the, on the sales floor while you are fully clothed to know if an item has a chance and what else you need to try or bring into the fitting room to make it work. You're going to take a lot less in and you're going to have a lot more success if you know what you're looking for in the first place. And if you're online shopping, you'll have a better idea of does this piece have even a chance of working for me and how would I style it so that it does work? If you haven't listened to episodes two through six on how to identify and dress your body shape, I highly recommend starting there. Then put those principles into action and be willing to put in the effort, not just to try something new, but to make it work for you. That's all for today. Amy, I hope this helped and I hope you'll post a picture of you in your pleats in the Everyday Style Lounge. Thank you so much for sending in your question. If you're listening and you've got a question you'd like me to answer, email it to podcast at youreverydaystyle.com. Remember to visit the show notes, which is youreverydaystyle.com forward slash episode 25 for lots of pictures and links to everything we talked about today. I'll see you next week. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end here. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com for show notes, freebies, and a link to join my free Facebook community, The Everyday Style Lounge. And if The Everyday Style School podcast is helping you love getting dressed again, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. Thanks, style sister. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.